Now, more on the latest building collapse in New York. You might have heard a few moments ago I was talking about the Salomon Brothers building collapsing. And indeed it has. It seems that this was not a result of a new attack. It was because the uh, building had been weakened uh, during uh, this morning's attacks. We'll probably find out more now about that from our correspondent, Jane Stanley. Jane, what more can you tell us about the Salomon Brothers building and its collapse? Well, only really what you already know. Details are very, very sketchy. As you can see behind me, the uh, Trade Center appears to be still burning. We see these huge clouds of smoke and ash, and we know that behind that there's an empty piece of what was a very familiar New York skyline, a symbol of the financial prosperity of this city, but uh, completely disappeared now, and New York is still unable to take on board what has happened to them today. Presumably there were very few people in the Salomon building when it collapsed. I mean, th there were, I suppose, fears of possible further collapses around the area. That's what you would hope, because they don't really know where to turn. Uh, that's the very sad thing. I think there's going to be a lot of very, very traumatized people that, that has hit them very, very hard. Jane, I think many of us, when we heard the news, perhaps on the radio earlier today, were uh, completely flabbergasted by it and, and just couldn't comprehend it. I mean, it, was, it almost sounded too far-fetched. Salutations to everyone out in TFR land. My name is Billy Ray Valentine, and this is the Infinite Fringe, right here on Truth Frequency Radio, iHeartRadio, coming to you straight out of New York City, across the plane, around the world, anywhere you can hear my voice right now. Blessings to each and every one of you fine people. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, Hey, Mr. Gage, I got some feedback back there. I can, I can hear some stuff going on, just to, just to give you a quick heads up. Um, wanted to let everyone know that it is very, very close to, to 9-11. We're, we're September 2nd, I think. I, I don't even know. I've been, I've been off from work for a month. I have no idea what time is at this point. I've completely let it go. But we're very close, and this is very important to me. Uh, September 11th is something that, that's incredibly important to me, and, and uh, I wanted to cover it. Uh, especially since we're so close to the date. It's going to be the 17th anniversary of the September 11th attacks on New York City and the world. As you know, I am from New York City. I was in Manhattan when it happened. I was in Midtown. I did not see airplanes hit the towers, but I did see, I did see them collapse. I did witness this. And I didn't come to the realization that something was up with September 11th till a few years after the fact, when uh, my eyes were forced open and I was never the same again, unfortunately, but fortunately at the same time. Richard Gage is with us today. He is uh, 
founder of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. This guy is a warrior. He's a fighter. He's been doing this for a long, long time. And to come to come this far, uh, 2018, and continue the struggle, continue the, the fight for truth out there. There's not a lot of people. This, this movement was very huge in the beginning. And uh, as years go on, it becomes less and less. But uh, Richard Gage has uh, stood firm, and he is here with us today. Mr. Gage, welcome to the Infinite Fringe. Welcome to Truth Frequency Radio. Thank you, Billy Ray. It is my honor to be here with you. It's, you know, we, we've, been, we've been doing this up and down, Mr. Gage. I, I've been with you for about, I don't know, I don't, I, countless 9-11s uh, down here in the city and trying to spread awareness. You set up um, so many events, so many speakers come, and this year is no different, even though we're not really concentrating in New York on the 11th. We're going over to DC, and I'm gonna have you speak on that. What's up, everybody in the chat? I see you guys. Gemini, what's going on? Heal thyself as usual. Uh, everybody else up in there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, hit you guys up uh, before the end of the show. I'll holla at all of you, okay? Thank you, I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, Mr. Gage, I don't want this to fall the way of the JFK investigation, even though the JFK investigation still has a lot of people pushing for it, a lot of people trying to get some type of justice, something done. But now it's become common knowledge that something's up with JFK, but nobody's going to jail over it. Nobody's being prosecuted. I don't want 9-11 to go along those same routes, and you're one of the guys that's trying to prevent that from happening. Tell us what's going on with you. Well, uh, we have 3,000 architects and engineers demanding a new investigation of the destruction of all three World Trade Center skyscrapers. So to begin with, I mean, just imagine if 3,000 architects and engineers told you that your house was in danger of collapse, would you listen to them? Yes. <laughs> yes. I'd listen to them, right? So everybody would. So we've got to get... Um, people looking at this evidence that these 3,000 architects and engineers are screaming about, uh, demanding a new investigation, not only of the Twin Towers, but World Trade Center 7 as well. So for, like you said, 12 years now, we just keep adding engineers. We keep going back to Congress with the evidence that we're going to be talking about today with the petition itself, with the Bobby McElvain Act, which is draft legislation for a new investigation, and this year, too, we're going to be in D.C., as you mentioned, uh, on the 11th of September and uh, in New York on the 10th of September. And we're going to be raising a fuss. So I'm, I'm excited about the events this year. Let's raise a fuss. Let me help you raise a fuss. Let's everybody here raise a fuss. This is pivotal, guys. I mean, I know that uh, artificial intelligence is the biggest threat we have uh, right now, in my opinion. Uh, but we can take an event like 9-11 and see how it's been used to usher in some of these technologies that, in essence, track us, follow us, limit our freedoms, which was the reason that this false flag took place. In my opinion, Mr. Gage, if you've got something different, give it to me. But I want you to get into uh, what's going to happen at... Um in D.C., what's going to happen in New York, and then we'll dive into the evidence for the rest of the time here. Go ahead, Mr. Gage. Uh, right on. We're, we're definitely going to be 
uh, speaking uh, at the, the in the West Village uh, at 6.30 to 8 uh, uh, in the, at the Jefferson uh, Market Library there, the beautiful old courthouse. And that is um, going to be myself talking about the evidence with the graphic presentation that we won't be able to see over the radio waves today. But we're going to be um, looking at uh, all this graphic evidence, videos, eyewitness testimony, evidence of incendiaries that we're going to be talking about. Um, we're going to have Barbara Honiger there and Mick Harrison, the actual author of the grand jury petition, which the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry has submitted in New York to the U.S. District Attorney. And that uh, the status of, of that legal effort to get uh, into discovery all of our evidence that we've been assembling at AE911Truth on the website AE911Truth.org. And then we go the next day to Washington, D.C., on the mall, on the lawn, right in front of the Capitol, with Cynthia McKinney, with Lionel Media, uh, with uh, Bill Bernier, architect, with a family member, Matt Campbell, uh, who lost his brother, Jeff, in the uh, one of the towers. And uh, myself, again, will be talking about this evidence. So we'll be raising a fuss down there as well. And then we'll have, that's only for an hour and a half, but uh, for three hours, four hours, in fact, we'll be at Busboys and Poets in Brooklyn, uh, in Washington, D.C., and uh, that will include uh, uh, musician Jordan Page singing his truth songs about the World Trade Center. Extraordinary musician. And all the speakers, including Oscar Arabini from uh, Argentina, an expert in false flags operations. So we've got quite a lineup. It's going to be exciting. All right, Mr. Gage. I commend you for all of that. All of that. And, and anybody that can make it out there do so. I know we have listeners all over the world and all over the United States, uh, but anyone that happens to be in D.C., anybody that happens to be in New York, man, come by, take a look, uh, help out. Also, let's spread the word as much as possible during this 9-11. I read uh, a comment in the chat, uh, which was it? I am everything. I read what you had to say. He got into physical fights with people initially. He found out, he or she, found out two weeks after the fact that something was up. It took me a lot longer, brother. So uh, you're a lot smarter than I am because <laughs> I was somewhere else. And we can get into that later. But uh, Mr. Gage, let's get into some of the evidence here. Is there anything new uh, going on? I know there's a, a, um, some type of legislation that's, uh, that we're trying to propose or some, a lawsuit that we're trying to propose about World Trade Center 7 and all that. But just get into what you need to. Go ahead. Yeah, well, let's talk about why there's a lawsuit, why there's legislation being asked. Because... While that's what's new, what's not new uh, is what's most important and, and, and what most people may have not heard of yet. And uh, this, is, this is the extraordinary evidence, beginning with World Trade Center 7. Uh, this is the third skyscraper to collapse on 9-11 that most architects and engineers know nothing about. Imagine this, the third worst structural failure in modern history and you ask architects, architects and engineers in the conferences, which we go to all around the country, uh, did, did you know a third tower fell on 9-11? They don't even know, most of them. Jesus. That's absolutely extraordinary. It's inexcusable, and, and those, Mr. Gage. It's, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe my tolerance for this is low, but that's inexcusable. Inexcusable. Go ahead. 
Well, the the American Institute of Architects and the American Society of Civil Engineers, the two largest association groups, have not educated their membership, in the case of the AIA, at all. Not even one memo about this third skyscraper that came down. And guess what? It, it came down, according to the official story, allegedly, by fire. Now, fire's never brought down a skyscraper, ever, before 9-11. So we have to have you know, an investigation. This should be the most studied building failure in history. So here it is, 5.20 in the afternoon, witnesses hear explosions, and then this 47-story skyscraper drops like a rock straight down uniformly, symmetrically, into its own footprint in under seven seconds. Now that's at free fall acceleration too, uh, at least a third of its seven second fall. So this is extraordinary because it looks exactly like the controlled demolitions that we've all seen in the old hotels, for instance, in Las Vegas. So just that set of facts alone should cause the biggest investigation in history. But we have complete silence on the part of the AIA and a complete whitewash on the part of NIST, who goes through a detailed set of possible uh, in collapse initiation scenarios, uh, none of which are possible, all of which are manipulated by emitting key structural components, et cetera, et cetera, and producing a computer model, because most of the steel was actually sent to China for recycling starting just two weeks after 9-11, uh, leaving only one or two pieces. Uh, and, and we'll talk about those one or two pieces for investigators to be looking at. Uh, so th this is uh, an un unprecedented uh, incompetence here, or uh, fraud, as, as, uh, it's really, as it really is when you get to know the facts. And this, this is another question, you know, that, that is glaring. Like, it's just so evident. It smacks me in the face every time I look at stuff like this. Um, they, they ha I mean, these guys are experts, right? I mean, are they ignoring the evidence? Are they playing mental gymnastics with themselves, trying to rationalize why this took place and how it has to fit the official story. It has to fit what was given to them. It's like they're trying to put together a puzzle and the puzzle, the puzzle pieces don't fit. So they're trying to jam them in there because they, they don't see any other way out. Or, or are they just straight up lying to us deceitfully, Mr. Gage, in your opinion? I, I, it's, it's frustrating. Go ahead. Yeah, it is frustrating. And they are lying. And they are jamming puzzle, puzzle pieces round pegs into square holes, for instance. Yeah. Uh, we've got, um, for instance, an, another piece that doesn't fit is the Appendix C metallurgical examination that FEMA included in their building performance assessment report in May of 2002, which identifies a hot sulfur corrosion attack on the steel, liquid molten iron and sulfur attacking the steel. Perhaps the deepest mystery, says the, the uh, New York Times, uh, this eutectic reaction, they call it. Uh, so where does the molten iron come from? Where does the steel come from. There's no, the, the molten iron and the, and the sulfur, uh, there's no, uh, uh, there, well, there is a speculation, NIST in their frequently asked questions, very frequently, uh, 
they, they say, well, there's, there's sulfur in gypsum wallboard. Well, wait a minute. We've used gypsum wallboard for 100 years to protect steel. It's never turned around and attacked the steel that it's designed to protect. It doesn't happen like that. So what attacked the steel? There's absolutely no rational explanation for it, save thermite, an incendiary used by the, the military to cut through steel like a hot knife through butter. So that's what they're ignoring. So they, they, they manipulate some pieces, and then they ignore a whole set of information, like pools of molten iron that are found in the basement of the Twin Towers and at the base of Building 7 in the aftermath. Temperatures exceeding 2,800 degrees Fahrenheit. This is not capable. You can't produce these temperatures with uh, jet fuel or office fires. Uh, in fact, the jet fuel manufacturer says, uh, in the case of the Twin Towers, uh, that because um, no airplane hit Building 7, right? So it, it burns only at 600 degrees Fahrenheit in open air. So they, it, can't, it can't produce these temperatures. Well, what can? Thermite produces 4,000 degree temperatures. Thermite produces molten iron. So we have the heat, we have the iron, and when sulfur is added to thermite, it becomes thermate much more effective at cutting through steel. So now we have a possible reason for the sulfur. Now, when NIST took over this investigation from FEMA in 2002, they threw out this medical, this uh, um, metallurgical examination, and they did not include it at all in the new report that they put out in 2005 in the case of the, of the Twin Towers in 2007 or 2008, which is seven years later, after everybody forgot about the third tower, if they ever knew. You know, and it's that's that's what's so insane about it. Even when you went back to talk about how a lot of people, like architects and engineers, don't even know. And to this day, you could talk to some people about World Trade Center Seven, and they won't know what it is. But it's probably the cornerstone in the fight for truth in the 9/11 a truth movement. Because you cannot explain what happened there. And even to the most, see, because I always say, I'm not an architect. I'm not an engineer. I can't pretend to understand what Mr. Gage is talking about sometimes. It makes sense to me, but I can't pretend to sit there and be able to flesh this out like 3,000 architects and engineers that have signed up with, uh, with Mr. Gage, how they can. You know, but to see what happened with World Trade Center 7, it's very simple there. You know something's up. Nothing hit this tower. Nothing. There were just some isolated fires here and there. That thing collapses on cue. The BBC announces that it's going to collapse before it does. That's it. What, that's, what else do we need to know? Go ahead, Mr. Gage. That, that's true. The BBC actually announced the unprecedented event of a collapse by a skyscraper by fire uh, at 20 minutes before it ever happened. Uh, this is extraordinary reporting. In fact, the CNN uh, anchor uh, announced the collapse at 11.07. They said 15 minutes earlier that a firefighter went by and said that there, a 50-story building went down. Well, there's no other 50-story <laughs> buildings. There's no other buildings that collapsed. So we're, we're talking about a lot of information out there 
uh, foreknowledge of this building's collapse. In fact, there are construction workers walking away from Building 7, hearing an explosion over their shoulder in the afternoon of 9-11, looking back at Building 7, and then looking straight into the CNN camera and saying things like, you hear that? That building's going to blow up. Flame and debris coming down. We're moving back because the building is going to blow up. Yeah. yeah. It, that's amazing. I remember uh, it well. Fires don't bring buildings down like that. In fact, there's, there's, uh, they don't blow up buildings. In fact, there's um, also a, a, a medical worker, uh, Kevin McPadden, uh, first responder. Uh, he says uh, that um, he's listening to a radio in the hands of a Red Cross worker and because they had moved everybody back six blocks away from the building. And then he, he uh, hears on the radio, three, two, one, and then he hears explosions over at Building 7, and then he sees the whole building coming down, and he said it's like you wanted to grab onto something. The whole ground was shaking underneath him. Now, but besides this thing, this tower, I mean, it looks like a controlled demolition to me, but I'm an untrained eye, right? So I've seen these things on, on television, and then I put them side to side with what happened in World Trade Center 7, and it looks like a dead ringer to me. But what are people supposed to look for? What, what's the selling point here? I mean, besides the obvious, Mr. Gage, give us some inside baseball here. What, what, is, what tipped it off to you that something was up? Well, all you have to do is look at the video. In fact, all of uh, our listeners today can uh, just Google uh, Building 7 or better on YouTube so you can actually see the building coming down. There's 11 different videos of it. They're, they all show the building coming down in seven seconds at freefall acceleration. And uh, you can't have a building drop as fast as a bowling ball while it's trying to crush all 80 columns in that building. It's as if those 80 columns weren't even there. That's all, the only way a building can fall at free fall. You know, otherwise, it's going to be crushing buildings. There's going to be a hesitation. The building's going to obtain an asymmetrical posture and fall over. That's what happens with buildings that collapse. But, but controlled demolitions are able to come straight down and they're able to come down at free fall because there's a patterned removal of columns at key locations within the building with thousands of shaped cutter charges that, are, that go off at the uh, precise time. Now, NIST says, well, it couldn't have been a controlled demolition because that would have meant you would have had bombs that you would heard, would have heard like miles away. Well, there are plenty of witnesses of explosions around this building, which they don't bother to interview or to incorporate into their reports. In fact, there's not one of these uh, witnesses of explosions, nor any of the hundreds uh, of witnesses <laughs> of explosions at the Twin Towers. And we're talking about first responders, 118 of them documented in peer-reviewed paper uh, by uh, Graham McQueen. Uh, so... The, the, the evidence is, it couldn't be more clear. Just watching the video, Google Building 7 uh, demolition or collapse, you'll see it. It's extraordinary. It looks, put it side by side like we do in our presentation with a controlled demolition. You cannot tell the difference. And yet, seven, eight years later, uh, we have NIST coming out saying 
oh, this collapsed due to office fires with thermal expansion, which pushed a girder off, a, which caused these long span beams to expand and push gir a girder off of its seat on this particular column 79, allowing floor 13 to fall on 12 and so on for nine floors. And then this column buckled and then the whole thing came down. Well, none of that could be true for like uh, at least a dozen reasons, which uh, we go into in our uh, series of uh, courses, which we present to architects all around the world. It's, uh, you can Google that too. It's called 9-11, an architect's guide. Hmm. We have part one, part two, and part three. Part two and three, we get into the Twin Towers, because that evidence is extraordinary. Absolutely. It, it absolutely is. We have a caller online. I never take calls, and I have no idea how to take this one. Uh, so I just want to tell <laughs> you, if, if you're listening, um, I would love to have you on, but I don't know how to take this call. Uh, and people normally call the show, and I have no idea how to take it. I, I need to learn how to do this, so I will learn how to do it moving forward. But I don't want you to hold there for no reason. So just letting you know, um, I'm probably not going to be able to pick up your phone call. Um, anyway, we got two minutes left, Mr. Gage. On the next side, I really want to get into some stuff. I want to get into the legislation. I want to get into what we do moving forward. But right now, I want to hear about your thoughts on Donald Trump. Initially, he had said he was going to disclose some information on 9-11 if he got elected and all this other stuff. None of that's happening. I don't think it will happen. But I want to get your thoughts on it and what you feel about his administration as it relates to September 11th. Go ahead. Well, he's got, certainly got his hands full, doesn't he? Uh, this is not the time for Donald Trump, even if he were predisposed to expose 9-11, uh, like he threatened to with Mueller and the cover-up of the Saudi connection, which is a small, small part of this whole picture. I mean, the Saudis didn't get into these skyscrapers and blow them up. Uh, we're, we're talking, obviously, about an inside operation uh, that we need a real investigation for, which will bring the subpoena power uh, to, the, to bear, offering immunity, taking this evidence and using the scientific method with respect to it, finding an unimpeachable body in the government. That's going to be impossible in itself right now. So we may be looking down the road a few years, and that's what we're planning for with the Bobby McElveen Act going to every member of Congress, trying to find one to introduce it. Ah, okay. Well, there you go. There you have it. Listen, we got a minute left, a minute and a half. Tell everyone where they can find you, Mr. Gage, before we move to the other side. Let them know uh, where they can find you, where they can hit you up, how they can help, you know, the whole deal. Yep, there's lots of ways. In fact, our website is ae911truth.org. That stands for Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. We're looking for folks to volunteer to help us. We have dozens of volunteers. There's so much more. We're a nonprofit organization, and we do accept and need uh, and require donations in order to get the projects done as we travel across the country and to Washington, D.C. on September 11th. As we mentioned, we've got $4,000 worth of equipment we're renting, including chairs, <clears throat> and sound equipment, et cetera, will be right between the Capitol and the reflecting pond at 2 p.m. on September 11th. And we're going to be talking about the evidence of the destruction of the Twin Towers also. We'll talk about that uh, on the other side. 
All right, let's talk about it on the other side. Everybody, this is Billy Ray Valentine. Don't go away. We have more important information to hit you with. This is the Infinite Fringe right here on Truth Frequency Radio. No hate, no hype, no fear. You're listening to Truth Frequency Radio. TFR. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Infinite Fringe, straight out of the belly of the beast, man. Uh, You know, that's what they call this place. And in a lot of ways, they're right. New York City, it's beautiful, but, you know, it's not for everyone. Sometimes it's not for me. I love it, though. What's up, TFR? Thank you for sticking around, each and everybody in the chat, everybody listening, people listening to the replay, people listening on hackerhameen.podbeam.com and on theinfinitefringe.podbeam.com. You guys have my heart. I appreciate each and every one of you. This is yet another September 11th that's coming up. And it's probably the most pivotal event in my lifetime that I witnessed. And I never wanted to witness it again. They took it real personal. It's like they smacked me in the face when they did that. Very hard. Like they took my buildings away. They weren't mine, but I felt like they were. And uh, it's a very personal thing to me. So thank you, everyone for sticking around, and I got the man with me, architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth, 9-11 Truth in general, man, he's taking, he's doing a lot, we, we got to throw some support his way, Mr. Gage, welcome back to the Infinite Fringe. Thank you, Billy Ray. All right, man, um, what's up, everybody in the chat yet again, man, uh, just want to let you guys know, um, if, if you guys can come out to New York, or if you guys can come out to D.C., you really should. You really should. Um, Everybody needs to do something about this. I don't want this to fall to the wayside. Besides the architectural evidence hinting at something being wrong, there's a lot of just regular, and I I call it regular evidence for for lack of a better term, but uh, non-architectural evidence that leads into we are being lied to. We are being lied to big time. And we're going to cover all of that. Maybe we'll cover it a little bit here with Mr. Gage, but we're going to cover all that probably next week. We're going to dive into that hard because it'll be September 9th. And uh, it has to get covered, so we're going to do it. But Mr. Gage has some stuff in the works to throw at the establishment in order to make our voices heard. Mr. Gage, get into some of it. It's true. Billy Ray, the, the, the official story of the destruction of the towers is about jet plane impacts and fires. Because even NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, who was tasked by Congress to explain the collapses of the Twin Towers, they stopped at the initiation of collapse. 
They were tasked to explain the collapse, not the initiation of collapse. And yet they stopped right there and, and with a theory that uh, sagging floor trusses due to massive fires pulled in exterior perimeter columns, uh, causing them to buckle. And then the top part, in the case of the North Tower, 15 stories above the jet plane impacts. They're saying that this block drove the whole rest of the building down to the ground and then destroyed itself. And this came out uh, in a theory by Zdenek Bazant of Chicago Northwestern University just two days after 9-11 in a four-page paper, which is so complex that most structural engineers can't even understand it. But it's been deciphered, decoded, and challenged with other peer-reviewed papers. And so um, it's, it's complete fraud. It, just, it, it, it violates the, laws, the basic laws of physics. Uh, you can't have the lightest part of a structure uh, destroy the rest of it uh, and then destroy itself. It, there's an equal and opposite force, uh, an equal and opposite destructive force. You run a Volkswagen into a Mack truck, what happens? The, the, the Volkswagen is destroyed first, right? Everybody knows that. Same thing with the lightest part of a building up above. And that's exactly what happens. It's seen destroying itself in the first four seconds. There's nothing of it left to push the rest of the building down to the ground at any pace, much less near freefall, which is how fast this, both these buildings came down. So, uh, in fact, what happens after that is, is extraordinary. What you see, what you don't see in any of the videos is a, is a section of building driving the rest of the building down. You don't see that at all. It's destroyed itself. What you see after that is laterally ejected four-ton structural steel sections, uh, 80 miles an hour laterally, landing 600 feet in every direction. Uh, gravity works down. We're told this is a basically a, a, a gravity-driven collapse or a progressive collapse or a pancaking collapse. Uh, but that's not what we see. There's no stack of pancakes even at the bottom. Uh, what you see is a two or three or four story pile of twisted steel and, uh, and columns. But 98% of these columns, uh, which is most of the weight of this building, are distributed well outside the footprint of each of these twin towers. And so they're not even available to crush the building, right? If they're outside the footprint, they're not, and, and 1,400 feet diameter outside the footprint, they're not available. So that's an extraordinary piece of evidence in and of itself. But while that's happening there, it isolated explosive ejections occurring uh, underneath this zone of destruction up above that are occurring 20, 30, 60 stories down below this zone of destruction. They're obviously explosions, and yet they're not taken into account by NIST other, to tr other than to try to explain them away as uh, ejections of air, which they're not. They're at explosive speeds, and they're building solids. It's just very easy to see. Uh, so that doesn't even begin to be explained by the official story, nor does the finding of 10 tons of previously molten iron microspheres, diameter of a human hair, 
of thickness. Uh, there are billions and billions of them, 10 tons, and they're documented by the U.S. Geological Survey in all their studies of their toxicological studies of the dust. And they're, they're found everywhere, but they don't know what they are. I mean, where they came from. They know they're molten iron, the byproduct of thermite. They know they're uh, round, spherical, indicating that they were created under explosive conditions of liquid uh, air, uh, iron, which has become aerosolized. So uh, there's no clear explanation for these, save uh, thermite incendiaries in a very explosive event, which also produces pools of molten iron seen by the iron workers, documented by the first responders, structural engineers themselves just freaked out about all this molten iron, which is melting the boots of these uh, first responders and pouring out of the South Tower minutes before it collapsed is this molten iron, this orange and yellow, bright yellow uh, liquid molten metal, which they called steel, uh, and this tried to pawn off as uh, what do you call it, uh, lead and aluminum from the airplane. But they don't look like that in daylight conditions when they melt. So this is among all this evidence, and there's a lot more. Incredible. Incredible. Um, I keep looking. If, if you guys, anybody listening, or even yourself, Mr. Gage, Google September 11th and go to the news section, all you see is a lot of people dying due to the toxicity of the air as a result of uh, the September 11th attacks, as the result of the buildings collapsing. Um, <clears throat> we got FBI agents that are dying of cancer, uh, first responders dying. Uh, they, one headline reads uh, that uh, bin Laden is, uh, you know, causing harm from the dead at this point, you know, which is, I don't know. I don't know. That, that sort of thing I find semi-insulting that they're throwing this on bin Laden. Not to say that bin Laden was a Boy Scout, but... Uh, you know, it's like they're even more of them failing to take responsibility for things that they have done, things that they have committed on their own people, in my personal opinion and belief. But uh, what about the structures collapsing caused this this uh, toxicity in the air that people are dying over? Well, there's an incredible toxic soup of, of radioactive material, asbestos. Uh, but uh, something that has also gotten into the lungs of people, which has puzzled the medical professionals, is carbon nanotubes. Well, these are produced by nanothermite, which is found in small red-gray chips in their unignited state. And this is studied by a team of eight international scientists led by Niels Herrett and Stephen Jones. And these, this group has uh, documented... Uh, this curious substance, they first thought it was paint, but it comes up to a magnet, and they, they identify with uh, EDS, um, uh, a method of studying materials, a dispersive spectroscopy. Uh, they, they find in these chips uh, the ingredients of thermite, iron and aluminum powder, which is at the nanoscale, a thousand times smaller than the diameter of a human hair, these particles. So this is an incendiary in its unignited form, which when put in a heater, a differential scanning calorimeter by these scientists, uh, they find that they produce iron microspheres, 
the same iron microspheres that the USGS documented about 10 tons of scattered throughout lower Manhattan in a three square mile area in all this pulverized concrete, uh, the concrete itself uh, comprising 30% of this uh, pulverized uh, material uh, all across from river to river in lower Manhattan. But some of it is these unignited chips, which when ignited form the spheres, which the USGS and RJ Lee document. So we know exactly where those previously molten iron microspheres come from. And we know they, they come from the, all this nanothermite, which amounts to about 10 tons. Now that's unignited nanothermite, 10 tons. So the ignited residue is 10 tons. The unignited residue is 10 tons. That equals about 100 tons of very highly engineered incendiary uh, nanothermite, uh, which, um, which, in, w w which should not be there at all. I mean, uh, even 20 tons of it in these various forms and phases. So this is uh, direct evidence of explosive and incendiary destruction because when you get these, these uh, particles down to the nanoscale, you, the, the chemical reaction is virtually instantaneous. You've engineered an incendiary to become more explosive. Now this is all documented in a 25-page peer-reviewed paper in the Bentham Open Chemical Physics Journal entitled uh, Active Thermitic Materials in the World Trade Center Dust. It stands unchallenged after about 10 years now. So, so where, where's the investigation? Where's our, our criminal in, in investigation? Where's the FBI? Where's the Department of Justice on this? Uh, where are the leaders among our legislative representatives? Where's the media who should be uh, having uh, this material and this evidence uh, on? We, we have uh, a huge problem, which 9-11 exposes in our society. Man, Jesus, and, and you see it every day. And, and, and I think it lends to the complicity of uh, government agencies and, and the government in general when they do not do anything about stuff like this, Mr. Gage. You know, I mean, when th there's obvious, it's obvious that something's going on, but they don't take responsibility for it. Well, I can't, I think it's too much for me to ask for the government to take responsibility for something that they've done. But I mean, at the very least, well, I guess I can't say acknowledge because they're not taking responsibility. So, I mean, you know, I, what am I expecting? I'm expecting way too much for them to take care of their people. Just way too much. Actually, we shouldn't be, ta be taken care of by the government anyway, but that's a different discussion altogether. We have a little bit of time left. I want to get into the Bobby uh, McLevane Act. Tell me something about it. Yes, Bobby lost his life in the South Tower as he was, the North Tower, as he was entering it. Excuse me, the South Tower. I got it right. The second tower to be hit, the South Tower. And um, he was blown uh, away from the door uh, at the lobby uh, and his face was blown off and so this is clear evidence of explosions uh, and and this is uh, we think uh, uh, well well it, it's clear evidence of explosions and his father Bob is inspiring and has inspired a whole group of 9-11 family members uh, along with uh, Robert Doyle uh, to sign our petition calling for a new investigation and to support us, uh, along with the Jersey Girls, who were instrumental 
in getting the Bush administration to have the 9-11 commission in the first place, which the Bush administration was delaying and delaying. And finally, after a year, we got the commission. Unfortunately, that commission report was written by uh, Philip Zelikow, uh, who, Zelikow, who was uh, uh, a Bush insider and whose uh, thesis, PhD thesis was the creation of public myth. And I am not kidding. <laughs> that is extraordinary. What do we got? Uh, we got somebody who took all the testimony and uh, and away from, aside from the congressional uh, members who comprise the 9-11 Commission to fabricate a complete fiction um, in, in order to hide the truth about what really happened there. So the Bobby McElvain Act uh, calls upon Congress to uh, a select committee hearing on either the House or the Senate uh, based on the Benghazi Act to investigate 9-11 based on the evidence that we're talking about here. And this evidence has also gone into the grand jury petition of the 9-11 uh, uh, lawyers Committee for Inquiry of 9-11. Wow. <clears throat> the <Wow>. Lawyers Committee, <laughs> it's called the Lawyers <laughs> Committee for 9-11 Inquiry. Go ahead. No, 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 you go right ahead, continue. Let me not, let me not stop you. Finish up. Yeah, we've, so we've got to uh, get this uh, Bobby McElvain Act to every member of Congress. So on our website, we have a way for everyone to do that very easily. You just dial in your congressperson, and we've actually got the text for you of the Bobby McElvain Act that you can send them and a sample cover letter. Uh, and you can, we want you to walk in, if you can, to your local congressperson's office and, and just ask them or demand uh, that they look at this information along with the 15-minute documentary on Building 7 narrated by actor Ed Asner. It's, it's one of our best short pieces that we edited for pub, uh, PBS. And uh, it was played in its short version we want this version to be seen by every congressperson, uh, and we, we keep trying again and again and again. We go back <clears throat> to Washington, D.C. every every couple years, and we have a, a new way of, of hitting them up. And we're just looking for one courageous representative to stand up and introduce the Bobby McElvain uh, Act for the investigation of the World Trade Center, and then that will start the controversy. Yeah, it might take a couple of years to get there. It might take a precipitating political event on our landscape here, which is in upheaval already. So, you know, we may be ripe for some 9-11 truth to be introduced here. Now that that would be a, a welcome change to, to all the crap that's going on right now. But um, what, what do you have to say to those people? And there's a lot of them even within our community, that, that would say that we are wasting our time going to the government and proposing things like this because uh, they are the ones that are complicit in it in the upper levels, right? It's not the government as a whole, but elements within the government, however you want to you break it down. But uh, doing things like this, like petitions and acts and actions, uh, aren't really effective because they're going to get us nowhere. Tell, tell us something. Well, our, our forefathers fought uh, a system <clears throat> which had no rights, no appeal to the king. And we created a constitution which gave us those rights. And yes, I, I also agree with you and your listeners that uh, many of these uh, systems, legislative, judicial, 
executive branches of our government uh, have become corrupted. Um, but we have to use the channels as effectively as we can uh, to, to hope, A, hopefully get in edgewise uh, in, in, in all the controversy and, and get something through uh, despite the corruption. Uh, but B, uh, we, we have to show that we tried. You know, in case it's completely corrupt, yeah. um, we can. We have a paper trail that every member of Congress has gotten our DVD, our petition, our our Bobby McElvain Act, and and they have failed so far. Every one of them has failed three or four times. Uh, so uh, we we've, we've got that documented. We've done our due diligence. We're ready for the next step. Now, for those who are saying what you suggested, uh, bringing up. The, the, the corruption factor here, uh, they've got a responsibility, and, and I'll take my part in that too, and that is to change our government by voting for people who will stand up for 9-11 truth. And there are a number of candidates doing just that. And uh, we, we need a lot more, and we need them to create a groundswell uh, of public opposition to the apathy, to the truth, not just 9-11 truth, but many, many other truths that are uh, getting through the cracks and having to be addressed by media, by the media, even though they ridicule us as conspiracy theorists. <laughs> um, we will, we are getting some, some. They're, they're actually aiding in, in, in their own sick way and, 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 and not the best way for us. But they're, they're increasing the exposure to many of these issues that require um, the, seeing the light of day. Well, like I say every week here, I wear that badge proudly. Call me whatever you want. Uh, call me uh, uh, whatever the hell you feel comfortable calling me. If that's conspiracy theorist, go right ahead. I'm, I'm going to continue to be that and be comfortable in it. Um, uh, I am everything in the chat. Wanted me to ask you about the Pentagon. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. We have five minutes left. Uh, give me whatever your thoughts are on what happened there. Well, all of us in the 9-11 Truth Movement agree that uh, nothing should have hit the, pe the Pentagon, the, the high, most highly defended building in the world, especially an hour after the Twin Towers have obviously been under a terrorist attack, right? Uh, this is un completely unacceptable on the face of it. We've got to have a real investigation. We all want an investigation of this plane that did or didn't hit the Pentagon, uh, but what we're told, and by the way, there'll be hundreds of, of uh, high-res videos that would show us exactly what did or didn't hit the Pentagon, and which were not being uh, given by the Pentagon. So we, we and, and the, the few small frames that we did get don't show nothing. But here's this Hani Hanjur character who failed Cessna flying school, who's doing an aerial maneuver around the Pentagon. Uh, 270 degrees descending 3,000 feet per minute and uh, in what most people, uh, pilots suggest is more like a, a fighter jet maneuver and landing where? In Donald Rumsfeld's office? No. <laughs> it goes all the way around and, and not from the top, the most vulnerable, right? But it hits the, uh, the, the, the wing that is responsible for auditing the $2.3 trillion that Donald Rumsfeld had actually announced the day before 9-11 uh, 
that was missing from the Pentagon budget that they can't account for, $2.3 trillion. It hit the auditors and the naval intelligence that was uh, overseeing that, uh, that, um, that was looking for that money. So this is clearly, uh, and, and most, most people suggest that there are explosions going off inside the Pentagon, uh, along with or instead of a plane that hit it. So yes, we've got to have a real investigation of what happened there at the Pentagon. From an architectural standpoint, just your opinion, Mr. Gage, what do you think hit that thing? Oh, there's a, this is a fierce debate, and we've chosen not to enter into it uh, because the evidence is actually uh, quite muddied, and uh, there's misinformation out there, disinformation, and a complete lack of inform good information as well. So th those who are studying this uh, are are um, are out there on the internet with their theories and their facts, and um, I I leave it to them to. For, for that decision. I can tell you what happened at the World Trade Center. <laughs> right, good. Thank you, Mr. Gage. Listen, the Pentagon is is a, is a very, uh, I don't know, I mean, do we know what happened there? No, but the one thing that we can take away from what was presented to us is that we are being lied to. And that's another thing with the World Trade Center itself, Charles 1, 2, and 7. Do we know exactly what happened? No. But, the one thing we can say with all certainty and without a doubt is that we are being lied to. They are lying to us. So let's investigate and try to find the truth because they are not going to hand it to us on a platter. We have to go find it ourselves. And this is Truth Frequency Radio, right? Let's go find some truth. Let's do it. What the hell have we got to lose? Just our souls. Not a big deal. Mr. Gage, thank you for joining us here on TFR, thank you for coming back to the Infinite Fringe, and we commend you on your battle. We stand with you. I hope to see you soon here in NYC. I'll be with you on the 10th, Lord willing. Hopefully, I'll make my way to D.C. Don't know how likely that is. We got a minute left. Tell everybody where they can find you one more time. Thank you, Billy Ray. It's incredible to be here with you. And uh, we are at AE911truth.org. Mm -hmm. And if you want to help with the Bobby McElvain Act, it's ae911truth.org slash justice. And if you got an iPhone with you, just uh, text 911justice uh, to 797979, and you'll get some great information. Very good. Very good. I, as always, am eternally grateful. Everybody here on TFR, everybody in the chat, thank you for interacting with me today. I tried to keep up, man. I really did. Uh, <laughs> thank you to everybody at Truth Frequency, everybody at HackerHameen.Podbeam.com, TheInfiniteFringe.Podbeam.com. We'll be back next week with more September 11th news for you guys, all right? Take it easy. Bye-bye.